You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Okay, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, Bet Online, our exclusive wagering partner. Bet Online, of course, where you get all your action on NFL football, NBA basketball, about to get started up in the coming weeks here. And Bet Online AG is the place you want to go. More options to wager than anywhere else online. So, online today, take advantage of all the great midseason bonuses, offers, and contests. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Use the code CLNS50 when you go to betonline.ag. Once again, betonline.ag, code CLNS50 to get you 50% off your initial deposit. All right, we're live. Uh, Celtics Suns just going to be four tonight. Joe Sway, not enough coffee in the world for that poor guy. He, <laughs> wow. Tuckered out. Okay. He's, he's gearing up for tomorrow. earlier this week. You know what it was? Those two West Coast games killed Joe Sway. He was a trooper. He stuck in on them. He did the locker room stuff with us. And the poor dude, <laughs> poor, dude too never, hard. poor dude never recovered. He partied tap too hard. Out. Yeah. Tap out. That's why I didn't show out. up, man. I, yeah, I he I was be able to make it. He was trying to make it to 3 a.m. with me and John, and it just killed him. Right. We, we got to make sure we keep him on a load management program, obviously. That stuff's yeah. not for the not for the faint of heart here. Joe right? Sway those, ain't, ain't about that. Those like, weeks Bob, do Bob, knock you out. Bobby's they, just naturally up, and we I'll, I'll wake up with texts from Bobby in a group text from like three in the morning, being like, "Wow, like some obscure basketball holding his name, some obscure basketball player looked good tonight." I'm like, "What? Like, what are you going to bed, man? It's three <laughs> thirty. Yeah, I gotta I gotta move to California, bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you really do. Right. Um. So. Uh, it, Lots of things to talk about for this game. I want to say you know, this right out of the... the top. Okay, I want you to say it. Let's hear it. Let's go, Jimmy. Let's go. I was going to say it's very, it's very, it's very, it's sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, John. I think there was a little delay there, but what I want to say, it's very big of you to show up for the show tonight. It's very big of you. Oh, so God, round of applause, go. oh. I think, is due for John for showing his face tonight after Kemba Walker's greatest game of the season, possibly his Celtics career. Um, so I just want to say thank you for showing up, John. Jimmy with the backhanded compliment. Well done. By, well by done. this chat's no, gonna be blowing up. By this logic, do men. we also Lesser by this logic, do we also thank up. Bobby? Do we thank Bobby for uh showing up because when Cornette was a DNP C D? You know, was that also Absolutely. brave of him? Yeah, was that brave? <laughs> Absolutely, very brave. Okay. Well, in his defense, he was a Not his matchup, not his matchup. The pettiness is so ripe tonight. I'm loving it. We, we, we live we live for one thing, and that's to just shove it in each other's faces. We're not here to talk about basketball. We're here to keep score no. with, with one another. 
<laughs> Absolutely. And I actually before we get that- into Kemba, yeah, before we get into Kemba, that's fine. I, I do want to ask you guys, similarly to the Denver game, um, was this a case? I mean, it's hard to look at this game and feel awesome outside of Kemba about anything. Sure, the defense I thought looked pretty good. There were some moments, you know, some decent run from Romeo Smart, though he didn't shoot well. I thought played a good game. Defensively, I liked them a lot. But was this a case of uh, a Suns team that was uh, gassed and didn't bring it tonight or the Celtics uh, applying the pressure? Again, similarly to Denver, I kind of had the same vibe in this one because, I mean, this was a – this was, I mean, the, the what, what did Phoenix score? 37 in the first half? You know, I, how much was the Celtics? How much was them? It was, I mean, definitely a combination of the two. There's no doubt. But I, I when you think about oh, my bad. Phoenix, the team that Phoenix was playing the other night, that team is going to wear you out, even if they were a little bit shorthanded. So I think the Celtics definitely benefited from a Phoenix team being at less than full strength. But you know what? you still got to go out there and get the job done. And they did. Yeah. And, and to me, I like the fact that they never really allowed Phoenix to get any type of traction to feel as though they had control of the game. Phoenix was always in catch-up mode. And to me, that's what you're supposed to do when you have opportunities that benefit you that you have no control over. You had no control over whether the Phoenix would come into Boston after having played a really good team in the East. All you can do is make the most of that moment, and the Celtics did that. Yeah, and we'll get to Kemba in a second, but that's the story of this one, him coming out and just being the best player on the court, particularly when Devin Booker has destroyed the Celtics in this matchup in the past. For him to come out and rise above him the way he did and compete in that backcourt matchup that these two teams were throwing back and forth at each other was wildly impressive. This Suns team came in winners at 13 of 15. I know they're on the back end of a back-to-back, but they've been getting it done through the East Coast swing so yeah. far. They put together a frantic comeback late against Philly yesterday. So they've competed in these games. I think Boston's defense wore them out to some degree and extended that fatigue that they felt in this one. So I think the Celtics did quite a bit to exacerbate some of the stuff that Phoenix was going through. But John's right, too. There was some weird stuff going on with them through this one. Dropping defensive rebounds out of bounds. There was one play where Aiden had a loose ball right in front of him and kicked it and just stuff like that throughout this one. And then Booker following out the way he did as quickly as he did felt like just kind of like uh i mean i'm gonna rest up for this next one so i don't know this wasn't the suns that could be frustration because the celtics played them tough so again i was at i'm not i I, i'm not saying one thing i was asking the question um which one you guys thought was uh was more it might be a little bit of both but i'm giving the celtics a lot of credit yeah i am too i mean listen I forgot Aiton played, by the way. All of a sudden, I looked up. I'm like, there he is. But anyway, that's a separate story. We can't can't talk about this game without at least acknowledging the fact that the Suns just went to war last night against the Sixers. Yeah. You know, 24 hours later. So that's tough. You know, if the the roles were reversed and the Celtics lost this way, I think a lot of Kemba's been off since Saturday. (laughs) Are saying that, you know, they're coming off the back to back schedule loss. That being said, you know, I was happy with the with the performance of the Celtics. I mean, they were shorthanded too. You know, no Jalen Brown tonight, no Rob Williams, no Evan Fournier. So let's not act like they're at, you know, 100% either. So uh, I, I think, you know, with those two things, you know, noted, it was a good performance from the Celtics, a game that they were kind of – they kind of had a pretty solid lead throughout most of it, certainly the second half. Um, I know that the Suns kind of, you know, they're, you know, clawing back a little bit here and there. But Celtics kind of – answered every every little comeback by the Suns and they and they pushed the lead back up which was good to see they didn't ever let it get to you know extreme panic mode where you know it was a one possession game or anything like that so I was impressed yeah. by it I mean I, I thought that obviously Kemba Walker had you know the game that they needed without 
without Jason Tatum on tonight, without Jalen Brown in the game, you know, that's the Kemba Walker that, you know, needs, you know, he's almost like a chameleon now, you know, he gives yeah. the game what it needs a lot more so than maybe in previous seasons when he was just more about, you know, being the but, guy all the time. Particularly yeah. with how bad Tatum was. Uh, they needed well, it badly in this one. I want to get into I want to get into both in a second, but I I do I do definitely agree that the uh, look you're supposed to do that. You get your team on a back to back. They're going to come out. It's what teams do. You you know jack a bunch of threes. You know see if see if they fall. You know and if they're not, you know right. it's like oh crap, we're going to have to try. And you know, Celtics just made them work for it, and it's really hard to do. You know, uh, especially coming off of last night's. So you're some you're supposed to try to you know to wear that down. But again, it's you guys are right. It's it's hard not to celebrate when it doesn't matter if the other team's on a back-to-back or if they're shorthand or whatever. The Celtics, again, are missing three of their best six players um, right. uh, in this one. And, you know, you see it in those moments when Tatum's not on the floor, you know, and you don't have Jalen Brown, how hard it is. So, again, you know, without Ke- – I mean, Kemba was Superman tonight um, because uh, they needed – they didn't just need to make up for Kemba. They need to make up for Tatum, uh, who had a, uh, again, strangely, another weird, like, it didn't feel like he played as poorly as he shot. I actually thought he actually played a decent game, but it's a second straight game where he's just shot horribly. Yeah, and, and, and I, there's, there's no specific rhyme or reason to that other than that he's just not making shots that he normally makes. Yeah. Uh, the, the, to me, the, the challenge is for him to continue to find ways to impact the game positively when he's not making shots. And we're seeing him do that. Um, but there were some weird lineups that we saw out there from the Celtics tonight. Lineups that I, I hope we don't see much of in the future. Kimba, Peyton, Jabari, Romeo, Grant, that five-man unit? No. Some funky no. bench groups in this one. And that's why I say, too, there were some groups out there particularly in the second half where i was waiting for the suns to they had a couple bursts yeah, in the first i half thought too this, i was like oh this is going to be the time we're yeah and here. they just couldn't scrap it together and romeo grant parker all those guys were on the floor how long did they get away with putting parker at the four and grant at the five where i'm just sitting there waiting for this to get down the five and i think it only got as close as seven or nine down the stretch there so the Suns, particularly in that second half, just didn't have any gas amount anything. Beyond that, the 20 turnovers. The Celtics yeah. were throwing it everywhere in this one, and the Suns just didn't do anything with it. I couldn't yeah. believe. They had that one 10 nothing push in the first half. That's the only time I thought, like, all right, here come the Suns in this game. They just, they were just kind of going through the motions tonight. <laughs> I want to say this, and I know we, we mentioned it, but they got Booker completely – out of his game. I mean, four offensive fouls. He was playing frustrated. You know, they were they were clamping down on him. He couldn't get into any sort of rhythm whatsoever tonight. Um, and I also want to just remind everybody that the 70 points that he scored in Boston a few years ago, that was a fake 70. Let's not forget that that wasn't a real 70. I just want to throw that out there for anybody watching. That was a fake Jimmy, 70. Jimmy, what the hell is a fake 70-point game? A fake 70-point game is when – your coach intentionally fouls halfway into the fourth quarter so that you get your guy extra possessions and get to the line and get to that 70 points because the Suns had absolutely nothing. Yeah, to that's the that. problem. You know, is that, that was, was a cl- bullshit 70. That was a clean 60 and a bullshit 70. It tainted the 70 because he still would have been. And then ta- they fired we still would have been talking about his 60 season. point game. That yeah. was one of my angriest moments. I was like Jay Crowder that night. I was like, was are we seriously 70. doing this? But you know what? Here's the thing. They were pissed after Guard me. Celtics were I mean, pissed that, after that. Guard me. That that's that's Devin Booker's response. You don't want me to score 70 points? How about not letting me get the first 55 or 60? 
before we started trying to run it out. Garden. <laughs> no, no. I was at, I was at that game. It was an unreal performance, but a fake seven. It was like a serious. But the, the last ten points it? were absolute yeah. dog shit. That last no, ten, I remember last it being last ten points. They still didn't stop. Sully, the they first still 60. didn't stop. Yeah. Them, yeah. Right. Right. And and the Celtics still won the game, which you know they still won the that's, game. That's what it yeah. always comes back to. The game. Who wins? And the then game? the Suns had like <laughs> I remember the Suns like had a picture in the locker room of like the seventy. And then, like, Jay yeah. Crowder was, like, chirping at him in, on Instagram or something. Now they're, like, teammates. You know, it's classic NBA stuff, but fake 70 yeah. anyways. Just wanted to make sure that I reminded all the Suns fans watching that it was fake. It was fake. But, it's still, but he still busted. I mean, he absolutely torched them. 60. He did. To me, when you get past 40 points, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, listen, I've I've brought up in the show a couple of times, like, just put it out there, like, man, it's, you know, Tatum Booker, you know, Jalen Booker. Like Booker doesn't get the respect across the league. I think this year he's starting to because of what the Suns are doing. But no, you know, you can count on one hand, you know, scores that are better than him, straight up scores. You know, and there's not many. Yeah, tonight, well, which and, and that's why that's why I credit the Celtics for what they were able to do tonight. They got him completely out of his out of his groove. He was he was a non-factor from pretty much start to finish. I think he had a yeah. second quarter where he had like nine points or something like that. But other than that, he was pretty pretty invisible. Yeah, Marcus Smart had a lot of those responsibilities, but he got a little bit of help too. But bottom line, they made Booker a non-factor, and it's rare that you ever see him play where he's a non-factor. Uh, and that was clearly the case right, tonight. Right. At no point did you feel him putting his imprint on the game. And that is, again, you seldom see that happen from Devin Booker. I mean, he only took 13 shots, which for him, I mean, we, we've seen yeah, him yeah. take 13 in a quarter, no, not a game. And right. then when he was driving, they were they were in position. I know Kemba took some charges. I know that you know, like you said, smart. You, know, like you said smart had. I think I said earlier this week, smart took the game off last game off so that he could be fully ready for the Booker expansion. You know, they answered the bell. So smart was good. Kemba was feisty. It was uh, you know, it was all around good. Uh, yeah, you know, I keep saying this about Booker. Kemba. I know, I know, we're gonna talk about him, but his defense still to me underrated. I know. The, the analytics don't look great there and their on off numbers and all that stuff with him out there isn't amazing, but he positionally is so sound. He's in the right spot. He's like one of those cornerbacks that is stride for stride with a receiver, but never makes a play he's, on the ball. He's one you of know, the top like, charge takers every year. You know, too. It's like Malcolm Butler was like that in his last year, you know, like he's always there, but you know, like, and he, he is Kemba positionally is right where he needs to be. And he gets the charges. But again, size is just an issue sometimes. So he's, he can be exploited, but beyond mm -hmm. that, like he's, he buys in. He goes for it. He's he's running around. He's doing his best. He's he draws. It feels like two charges every single game. Like you know, based on his yeah. physical limitations, I don't know that you can ask much more from him defensively. It just is what he is. He's just he's a smallish point guard. It's gonna he's gonna run into mismatch problems. It, you know, there's nothing he can do about it. But you 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 can't dog his effort. But I mean, again, let's talk about the game. I mean, turn black for real is. Is there a better game this year just in terms of how he's looked than tonight? I, and again, I know the recency bias, we just saw it, but we keep talking about like him getting to the rim. I mean, how many times did he get, not just get there, get there clean tonight? I mean, him him taking it to the hole was, I mean, he, he did it a ton. Uh, and then, you know, he's hitting his, it obviously helps when he's hitting his threes and, and, and the little pull-ups coming off the screens. or But I mean, I, that's what I'm most impressed with is the early season Kemba. He was struggling. He could not get any points around the basket. Late stage Kemba, the last few games that we've seen him, he's getting to the rim. 
He's doing a better job with that, John. But here, here's the thing, and, and Bobby, you, you touched on it, and we just kind of glossed over. But when was when was the last time we saw Kimball play? He had a huge ass time off yeah. rest. You felt so good with that rest this year, yes. hasn't he? Yes, and it, it, it's it's amazing how good he is when you, it's clearly that it's clear his body is feeling good. But in a playoff series where you're playing every two to three days, can he deliver that same type of consistency? Doesn't have to play this great every night, but can he play at a level that's close to what we've come to expect when we're talking about good playing Kimba? That's what I need to see more of. Uh, this is this is not a shock to anyone that he played well because we've seen him do it before, but can he do it in closer proximity of the games? Uh, not necessarily back-to-backs, but can he have like three games in a seven-day period where he's good in all three? Can he do those type of things? That, to me, is when I'm going to feel really comfortable about Kimba being that guy that they can lean on uh, once we get to the playoffs. I got booted. Bobby, Jim this Sherrod's, is you. Jinx Sherrod's yeah. talk, so. I was I, I've just been blown away by him all month how he's started to fit within the flow of everything and tonight was a little different he did have to step up into that front line role and he's able to get ha- sense what is needed on any given night which is what continues to impress me and that comfort level the burst that stutter step into the lane I think he hit every yeah. shot he took in the paint tonight through a center getting to like that last level of the defense there that wasn't even on his radar early in this season I I remember in that opening game he had against the Knicks there was one play where he burst by a center playing up too high but when he had to go into traffic down there he'd get swallowed up again and again and now the fact that he's able to use his body get some contact in there draw a little more free throws I I mean there's been some nights during this month where he's looked every bit as good as he did last year. And on this night in particular, I think there's only, I looked back like two or three nights last year where he had this level of efficiency, this level of scoring, certainly. It was like a 39 against the Nets and a 44 against the Pacers. So it didn't end up being that high scoring-wise, but this efficiency is what's been missing from him. And he's starting to even gain that back. The fact that he's gone to a higher level in the passing game is fantastic. Again, I said it on Saturday. He looks every bit as good as he did last year at this point through this month. And it's just a huge sign for this team going into the postseason that to have that semblance of a big three there. Agreed. And I wonder how – so Jalen Brown obviously didn't play tonight. I wonder how that changes how Kemba approaches the game. Maybe he thinks less about you know having to get other guys involved. Maybe he's not worried about – you know, taking a shot that maybe, you know, Jalen would typically be open for or, or be involved point. in. So, I mean, I, I do wonder if that has anything to do with it. I'm not saying that Jalen Brown makes Kemba Walker worse. I wouldn't say that. I'm just saying that, you know, when, when somebody's missing, whether it's Brown, Tatum, you know, Fournier, obviously, Kemba Walker is able to sort of fill that role. He's able to fill the gaps and step into a bigger offensive role. Um, and I think that's been – I think he's had it in him all season. It's just a matter of him – not having, you know, when you have Tatum and Brown out there at the same time, it's just automatic that you're not going to have the ball in your hands as much. You're not going to be taking as much shots. And maybe you're going to be overthinking a bit, you know, and, you know, I need to get these guys the balls. That's what everyone's kind of expecting me to do. And now he can sort of just play his game a little bit more uh, in the role that he's used to playing when he's not, when he doesn't have all that other, I guess, talent out there. So it'll be interesting to see how, how we adjust, you know, when, if and when the Celtics actually do, end up a fully healthy team if they can get these guys back by the by the playoffs. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah. now we have John. John, what do you think of Kemba's performance, man? Oh, did I not say I liked wow. it? I think you said you liked it, but did you yeah. expect it? Yeah, Jimmy's he's such a, a shit starter, man. I swear. Oh, no. He's trying. <laughs> this he is Jimmy can't find Jimmy can't find the opening. He doesn't know how to get through. This yeah. is the he's, thing. He's he's a little fella and he's trying to find a crack. He's trying to find a seam and he can't find it. <laughs> I'm just trying to. I'm just waiting for that cam, man. I, I listen. I I did my apology cam months ago. I think you know, rightfully so. I think and I yeah, you the, haven't had to regret it at all. Perfect time. And I just didn't know if you know if you were ready for it. But you know, it's all good. You'll get yeah. there at some point. You'll get there. <laughs> John can just keep kicking it back because there's two more years on that contract. He, he was moving he's, the goalposts. He's just gonna keep moving the goalposts. Like you know, it's if 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 they reach 2023 and he's still playing well, John's gonna have to do like an hour long apology cam. It's gonna, it's song, gonna have yeah. to be magnified. <laughs> it would be a special. We'll do a CLNS special edition <laughs> apology. Holy cam. crap! Those three years went better than expected. <laughs> so so you guys believe. Concern. So you think the rational feeling to have entering the season with Kemba Walker was optimism? That's what you guys think. That no, was the, I, I apologize. That was, that no, was, the concern was, was way too high. I, people want to get rid of him at all costs. So again, Danny Ainge said, I don't know. We'll wait and see what the first two months say. Kemba Walker said, I have no idea what this treatment will do. We'll have to see. Kemba Walker, after his first month of struggle, says, I kept waking up afraid I was going to feel pain. So they, these guys being mm. supremely concerned about Kemba were crazy, right? They were bananas to think that this might, this might flare up again. This recurring knee problem that he had and a Hail Mary experimental treatment. They were nuts. Danny, Danny and Brad and Kemba, those guys were crazy, right? It's not, don't put this on them. This is not about them. Listen, <laughs> so, they, you were right wait, to have your doubts, but at the, okay. but at the end of the day, so, maybe you were wrong, Dad. Maybe you I were... felt about Kemba's knee the same way Kemba felt about his knee. And I'm crazy, right? No, I think I think you probably felt worse than how, how they felt. I think that's what I think. I think that, I think We're going to have to do a, we're going to we have, have to dig to, deep and find out what the take was for real. We have to dig, I have to do some, I'm going to go pour it pouring through the archives and find the exact I remember the video that we did and it was I, I listen I was just as just as guilty I was very nervous and I think I, rightfully so I was we have the but quote at the end of the day I was kind of wrong at the end of the day it, be, I, you know we have the quote it'd be better if he tore his ACL that was the quote. that was one of the quotes yeah that was an infamous Ooh. quote that was an infamous quote that you know that's not gonna go away yeah Shirad, that's a that painful was, receipt that That's a painful a receipt you just pulled up there. That was a hot yeah. take by John. He said it would have been better if he tore his ACL because you can fully recover from that and go on to have a uh, you know a, a career in the NBA. When it's degenerative knee issue, that's something that doesn't go away and just gets no. Worse and, and I and worse. I get what John was saying in that sense, but I just never and I said this when we were talking about Holiday and all the stuff over the off season. His deferential role in helping Tatum and Brown get where they are and his ability to fit in and not have to take that lead role in it all and still be effective in that sense was so important. And if they could get him back to any percentage of what he was early last year, if they had confidence in that uh, procedure working, as they probably had to have some level of confidence in that, it was worth seeing what they had in him because they were never going to get anything. We can imagine trades all day long, but if there was any medical concern about him, they were never going to get anything that was worth doing a trade. Uh, so 
Again, I don't oh, know yeah. if it's that's the other thing. Another 29 teams also were super concerned about Kemba's knee. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and I just never reason, I never liked the idea of them shopping and trying to get that rid was of crazy. Yeah. But the, yeah. the, yeah. the reason why the reason but the reason why folks were so concerned <laughs> was because Kimba having any type of issues that sideline him was completely foreign to his right. time in the NBA. I mean, you go back and you start looking at his career in Charlotte. I mean, he was the ultimate warrior, playing yeah. through a lot of different nick bumps and bruises. And he, he comes to Boston and then – never rest. Well, right. And it, it just felt that, you know, the issues that he's dealing with were just father time's way of saying, you got I, – I couldn't catch you in Charlotte, but, damn, we got to slow you down a little bit here in Boston. And I give Kimba a lot of credit, man. He's he's starting to figure out ways, and we, we've talked about this the last few games, of impacting other than being the scorer. And to me, that's when you realize that physically you can't do all that you're accustomed to doing night in, night out. You have to find other ways to impact the game, and Kimba is doing a better job of that. But in within that vein, he's going to have nights like this where he's going to be vintage Kimba, guy that's knocking down – shots left and right, getting to the cup, finishing at the rim, doing all those things that have made him a multi-time all-star. But I'm not by any means banking on the Kimba we saw tonight, seeing that night in and night out. I think we'll see that if we can get that Kimba like once every week or two, I'm good. It's those other nights where I need him to be close to being the Kimba that we saw last year, the close to the Kimba that I think can be a great number three guy with Jalen and Jason. Yeah, right. well, yeah, that's I mean, going to be the tricky thing. And the, How does yeah. that happen when they're all out there? But that's right. the thing is, like as Sherrod pointed out, that's the number one. That's the number one thing that's changed over the last little bit. Okay, because we saw Kemba feeling it out the first month, not sure what he was doing, kind of in his own head. Um, then, kind of the uptick in the second month, third. You know, he's still kind of figuring out. But you see, these last couple of weeks that. I get what I'm supposed to do now. It almost took three months of like, and Jimmy said it earlier, the giving the game what it needs. You have the games where he'll shoot eight field. We had two games where we're like, Kemba didn't shoot at all. Are we worried like mm -hmm. physically he's a, he can't get where he needs to go to get his shot off? Or was that what the game needed? You know, like we weren't sure. We're just wondering, like, that was odd. They were single digit field goal attempt games. And then you have other games where he shot 20, 20, you know, 20 field goal attempts recently and another 17 tonight, where it was this is what the game needed. So, like, that's the key to Kemba is I'm sliding in as the number three guy on this team. So I gotta figure out each day. I have to think more than the other guys. They get to play. I have to figure out in right. the moment what the game needs. And like him being able to do that more frequently is a big freaking deal. You know, so like you have those seven assists, those that's was it six games straight with six assists plus, you know, mm -hmm. uh, games where he's getting eight. He's the second leading rebounder on the team. You know, like he's doing a lot. And it seems like every game where he's had a good game, we've talked about this is exactly what the game needed from Kemba and it's exactly what it got. So that's, I think that that's the bigger, that's as big a difference as anything. Uh, in that's addition, huge. Yeah. And I think that's something that, and me, myself included, I wasn't sure if we were going to get that from Kemba Walker because of all the things we were hearing in the off season and because of what Danny Ainge was saying. And because and we're Kemba, worried about the fit with what those Kemba guys. Walker was saying yeah. and the fit and how we thought, and I thought he was going to probably miss time until like, literally I thought he would miss like, all of March, you know, I was like, oh, this guy's not going to be back until, you know, mid to late March at the best. And I was wrong about so many of those things. I wasn't crazy, I don't think, for thinking those things. But at the end of the day, I was wrong. I don't think, John, I don't think you were crazy for thinking those things. 
But I think some of the things you said and thought were wrong. Yeah. Simple as that. You no, there was a real concern that. that we might have seen the last of him playing well. And that certainly exactly. was not we true. Like, and I still think there's plenty left after this for him. And, uh, but And you're not going to get 32 a game. But you also don't need – you hope that you don't need 32 a game from Kemba Walker. That's why he – that's well, why at he a certain considered the third guy on this team. Yeah, at a certain point too, that was health or not, that was going to have to be the adjustment he was going to have to make anyway. Because even if Kemba stayed healthy through the first year of his contract into the second year, Jalen was going to reach a point somewhere along that line where he passed Kemba. You know, regardless of what Kemba was doing, just because of his size and abilities <laughs> on the wing there, shooting all that stuff. <laughs> I can't wait. We're gonna I think uh, probably tomorrow we'll pull. By up the, the way, I'm putting that. up all these comments against me. Just so what we knows. what we actually need. I know Nick or Nick was watching. Is we need Nick and, and an intern or somebody to just go through and just start all that crazy through, Kemba just shit. Clip through them. Yeah, just clip through them. You want to do? Yeah, just clip. Just when we need to post that as the shorts. Nick loves the shorts. The. Uh, YouTube shorts, we can do There's a good not a, minute. First of all, I'm going to take this comment here, Tyler, the host. There's not a freaking single person out there who at the beginning of the year and when they saw Kemba Walker playing like dog shit wasn't every bit as scared as I was times a million. Get him out. He's a bum. <laughs> the whole freaking Trade Kemba. Trade Kemba now. Oh, the You're most all, guilty. You are all frauds you're all frauds right. every freaking one of you okay front runner <laughs> don't want to hear it the, the correct, chat is most guilty of anyone the absolutely. correct emotion yeah. the correct vibe was deep concern for a little guy who's 32 years old who had his knee flare up three times in 16 months really really worrisome thank goodness he's playing well but everybody give me a freaking break with the apology stuff <laughs> you guys you guys ran him out of town 15 times over already frauds all well, of you all frauds not me okay? i don't yeah so jimmy's done one i've probably done one or two I, has joe sway done i don't think joe we'll sway's done one so we'll get him one joe sway and john we're waiting what. There was a stretch, and we'll transition here, I think. Well, there was a stretch for a second where I thought we were going to get a double apology cam, Kemba and Neesmith, the way Neesmith actually showed up a little bit. You're tonight. way off on the Neesmith stuff. I was friggin', I was driving the Neesmith bandwagon for months here. You were, and then you drove it off a cliff. <laughs> I didn't drive it off the cliff. Neesmith drove it. He off the drove cliff. it off the cliff. <laughs> okay, yeah. one yeah. freaking one tumble to the ground at a time. You know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, but God. um, yeah, Neesmith. We got a little. We got a little peek at Neesmith draining a couple of threes tonight, coming off of some screens and such. And you know, he's he's got a pulse. Oh. I don't, listen, Neesmith is not. I will say, Neesmith will not be in in the playoff rotation. He won't be seen really much the rest of the year. <laughs> But he does have a pulse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Smoking Mac. Yeah, that's so no. funny. That's also not what I said, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, see how it gets twisted? God, okay, so everybody's a Boston fan, right? Everybody's follows sports. You've seen what's happened to Dustin Pedroia and Julian Edelman, right? When they yeah, have degenerative knee conditions. It's bad. That's a concern. You they were a little older, though, weren't they? Not by yeah. much, man. I mean, Pedroia was, but I mean, when that stuff started... That was it, you know. Yeah, but Pedroia is a dirt dog, dude. I know. <laughs> yeah, it didn't go well. Loves that shit. That 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 arthritic degenerative bone on bone knee stuff didn't go well. I, I do have one more so thing long. here. It never. It rarely does. It oh, yeah. rarely does. Yeah. I got a little. Oh, you're right. It's, it's the beginning actually. of the end. Oh, you do. Yeah, I can feel it in my knee. 
Oh no, we might be I sending might have to you to call Kemba's guy. <laughs> Yeah, true. Marigold Medical. There we go. I'll get, I'll go no, back wait, on the wait, wait, wait. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta. Ah, oh, jeez. We gotta do it. We got him in the uh, sponsor. Yeah, we got the sponsor. In okay. Head. No, it's we're deep into the game. Uh, locker room. It's a, it's a thing. Oh, come get John the night. Come get me. <laughs> come on, frauds. All That's of you, right. frauds. Every one of you. Bring it. Apology voice. Bring it. Tonight. Where are you guys? I know everyone's too nice in the locker room. Too nice. Tonight. Bring it. Way okay. too nice. Bring it. Bring all the pro Kemba guys out there. Okay. We've so, yeah. got receipts. We can go back on the chat and pull your comments too. Um, but yeah, bring That's it. True. Locker room, download the app. Come join us afterwards. Uh, we're gonna head over um, you know, in a little bit, you know, and uh Sherrod and I'll start. Uh Jimmy and uh uh Bobby will uh will uh join us in a bit. Joe Sway, who knows? He's kind of a fan. That I would, would be, be something. Maybe I'll I'll be the snow and, I find yeah, myself yeah. just but come in and talk to us. Talk to us afterwards. What's that? Sometimes doing? I just pop on a locker room without not nothing to do. With you guys, I'll just pop on and see like what are people talking about right now? Yeah. Were you on the uh, Ariana Grande versus Lady Gaga one or something like that? There was yeah, a room like that. Missed, oh, that. Bobby, the wow. fact that you were able to just kind of rattle that off wow. with it sounds like you were <laughs> Sounds like you were there. So, Bobby, you it tell us. It was an option. Bob was hosting it. <laughs> Speaking of locker room, if you don't join locker room tonight, you better join before tomorrow because I heard there is a massive guest joining us tomorrow on locker room app. That, that is also true. We're not going to tell you, and it isn't. This isn't a fake it's tease. Not, it's not Nick either. It's not Nick. <laughs> it's not anybody in Nick's circle. But <laughs> thank God. Uh, honestly, if you miss it tomorrow, you're gonna you're gonna kick yourself. And I'm not I'm not joking. This isn't. We are, yes, we're holding the identity of the person for a little while longer. It's a freaking awesome guest, and you'll be bummed out if you don't join us because you're going to want to talk to this person. And and that's the thing. You'll be able to – well, not all of you because I imagine we're going to get a good amount of people, but some people will be actually be able to talk to this person. It's not like you're just watching them on TV or listening to them on the radio. You actually get to be a part of the conversation. So that's the that's the unique part about it, which is pretty cool. It's. <laughs> I like this one. It's going to be Danny demanding a Kemba apology. Yeah. A lot of people. A lot of people thought it was going to be smart. Possible. It's possible. Anyway, I'm not kidding. Anyone um, could hop on. Theoretically. Join us on the show. It is possible. We'll That's tell right. you about it tomorrow. Uh, but it should be fun. Um, but. Yeah, that's tomorrow. We're still going to jump on. And there it'll tonight. be Friday night, you know. So you know, maybe be uh, have a couple of drinks. You know, it'll be after a big game, Celtics Nets. We'll see who suits up, but it'll be a big one. Oh. Oh, I was just bummed like, about I don't, that. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. We'll see how it goes. Uh, it, it is a bummer, though. Um, we're looking at um, we're looking at no uh, no Kemba and possibly no Jalen and possibly no Rob and possibly no Evan. This no could be Harden. a disaster. Oh, this right. could no be a disaster. Maybe. No Kemba, yeah. that's right. Well, I, I believe Harden and Durant are going to be out on the other side, too. So at the same time, Harden it's is, like, yeah, right. Durant, too. Yeah, well, we, he's we got, uh, he's dealing with a leg ailment. We got robbed so, of a lot of good matchups this year. This is a one thing you're looking at the Nets where you're wondering, like, you know, if you know that they don't care deeply. I'm about starting the to get season, concerned for the first time about they them. should be they should be concerned uh, over there. I think. Yeah, there was a setback to Harden in his rehab, and now he's going to miss an indefinite amount of time. That yep. might just be calling it until the playoffs. And even, right. you know, they're going to be lined up with a team in the first round that's probably going to be a walkthrough. 
But who knows? I mean, there's a big mix of teams right now, and it could be even Boston falling into that mix for a first-round series with them, where it could get I'd a little tough for them. I'd love it to be them. the Knicks. Though the Knicks look too good for the eighth seed, but I'd love for a little Well, Knicks that's the point, seed. Jimmy. There's like five teams right there that are all pretty good, and yep. someone has to fall into that seven seed or eight seed, depending on where Brooklyn ends up. I know I Philly lost it. tonight, I think, so Brooklyn yeah, and them are tied. Yeah, so them and Brooklyn are tied for that one. It's going to be a tight race up there at the top. But, right. again, I think some of these ailments, especially to Durant, are legitimately getting concerning for them. Why do we? Are we certain, by the way, has Brad already said Kemba back-to-backs, no chance for tomorrow, or is there any chance we get surprised and he plays? I think at this, point, late, at this late stage of the season, they're not going to do that. I don't yeah. think so either. Yeah. he. he I mean, he played out – he played – pretty damn hard tonight he played like a guy who knew he wasn't playing tomorrow <laughs> right yeah Jalen could I, I don't know what the situation is with Jalen but it didn't seem like he gave an honest shot to go tonight so I guess that probably is a relief that it won't be that long of a thing maybe he bounces back in the lineup tomorrow wait did he up. really try it sound it sounded like he gave up immediately where he's like no no chance well, yeah, he gave it a chance. I don't know how well that went, but uh, yeah. <laughs> it did. So the way uh, I think John Corrales looked in it a little bit, it did sound like that left shoulder bursitis could be a little more of a long-term thing there. I don't know, though. I just I don't know anything about it myself. You would probably know more than me, John. The bursitis, no idea. But who did you say was concerned about it? Corrales. But based off of what, though? Based off of talking to medical people? I don't know. He must have researched because he was on the call and he was saying this is more of a long-term thing, right, to Brad. And Brad was like, oh, I'll give it a go tonight. We'll see. I so think I it's one of, I think it's a it's going to nag you sort of thing, but you can play through but it. But it's, it's his not, left one, right? So yeah, yeah. it's not the shooting one. No, it's, it's the guider. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, this could be one of those things where you just rest it. You could splint it. You could friggin' take injections, you know. Um, but – it all depends, you know, like you could have, it could be traumatic, you know, where you like, it was based off of something that you, you like a contact sort of thing. It can be something that's just chronic. I mean, it's really hard to say just saying bursitis. They didn't give anything, but the fact that they're saying day to day makes it sound like it's nagging. Well, some people thought it was pain from the vaccine. And I think that very clearly turned out to be wrong. <laughs> well, Please. I mean, for anybody who's experienced that dead arm, I mean, again, I don't know if you would refer to that as bursitis. It's pretty friggin' bad. Um, yeah. Oh my god, are you, it's immobilizing. So again, I I don't know. It we talked about differently, I guess. Obviously, I'm saying so. the people who had it, like who had what a shot, who had the dead arm, the oh. ones who've experienced it. Gotcha. It's like hanging. I had it. It's hanging by your side. I couldn't. I couldn't lift it like well, that. You're a narp. Yeah. You're but a non-athletic regular person. So, of course, you would walk around dead arm. <laughs> no, See, no, Nick, a Nick, ha- Nick had it, too. What does he count as? No. If, you, if you're grouping yourself <laughs> with Nick, <laughs> no, look look out. Yeah. Yeah, Nick couldn't was... Luckily, he doesn't need to. So, he was probably – nothing changed in his day. Yeah. It was interesting um, that uh, a couple guys missed games with illnesses. Uh, Jalen was among them to miss that Saturday game. And they did all get vaccinated. So the illnesses could have been post vaccine thing. Nobody knows though. That's it's impossible to, it's impossible to say. Everyone reacts differently to that stuff anyway. So my big concern right now is the Rob one. So this has been four straight games. Now that he's missed Uh, inflammation behind the knee is what Brad said about it. 
I'm sure that's another one that's just over cautious and trying to make sure that he fully recovers before he gets back. But he tried to give it a go in practice yesterday, and I guess that did not go well either. As you said, the Jalen one went when he was trying to get back into the fold. They were pretty confident that he was going to be able to get back by the end of this week, and it now seems like I wouldn't expect him <laughs> up there tomorrow either. Boomer <laughs> arm indeed. Oh, boy. He's down for the count. I love it. It's true. It's true. Um, Worried about Rob. So they all got the vaccine? Sorry, we're off. I'm officially worried about Rob. I am too. I I wasn't dispersed, but I am now. Yeah. I mean, the the longer he stays out, the the greater my worry level becomes – because I know how important he is to them, and I know how important it is for Rob to be in a rhythm. And all the more games he misses, the harder it is and the longer it'll take for him to get back into that great flow that he was in when he was playing starter-like minutes. It's, it's concerning because uh, Tristan, I think, is doing a good job, but they're a much better team when Rob Williams and Tristan Thompson are both <laughs> playing in their own rhythm. And right now, I just when, when Rob comes back, he's, it's going to take him a minute to get back into a good flow. I don't hey, know. Maybe the minutes piled up. Maybe they were right about that then. But he wasn't playing huge minutes. He was playing like like low end starter yeah, minutes. Exactly. I mean, if it's still pretty if, low. Yeah. I mean, we're not, he wasn't playing 35, 38 minutes. If he a got game. hurt at 24 minutes, he was getting hurt at 19. You know, like it's it's, it's, it's <laughs> you know, that's what, when we were crying for more minutes, we're like, you're not it's the same exact thing. It's like we're not asking for a lot. You're saying play 24 minutes instead of 17 minutes. It wasn't like nobody's asking for 40. It was like, why how is Rob playing 16 minutes a night when he's your best center? That was the perplexing thing. That's but just again, one of that's just one of a handful of things about him where I'm like why did he go 27? Why like do teams not value him the way we do here? There's, there's just something there about him, and I do think a lot of it is health based, where teams are a little worried about him, like the the fragility factor there. And he held up so well for almost all of this year, and now this does seem to be something that's going to nag him. And again, I just hope, I just wish he could but stay it's healthy. Weird. He didn't look at all limited Never. The, fi- the final game he played. Wasn't it shoulder that was a concern about his? Or did it hip. hip. Hip, hip, hip. And now it's knee. It's all lower body with him. And again, he came into the draft with something impacting the blood flow in his lower body. And that was right. going to be a concern throughout his career. I, I don't know. There's just something weird there when it comes to his ability to stay on the court and play significant minutes. Again, I don't think Brad was just BSing there saying, Oh, we, we're stringing him along carefully here. Cause he actually didn't want to play him. I just, I think there's real medical concerns when it comes to his stability. And ability I think that's to stay on freaking nonsense. This, a knee thing flaring up has so, nothing so Bobby, to do with, so, yeah, so then with a hip issue, which is legitimate, you so know, Danny, like, so Danny Ainge is just, you know, against medical, against all the medical reports, and he's the only guy who just wanted to take a risk on Rob out of thirty teams. Well, he's, he's done that he before. He doesn't believe that the. Well, the there's a big saying. difference between picking a guy at ten with concerns like that versus twenty-seven, where who else are you going to be picking? It'll be a second-round prospect there. I think at a certain point, it becomes a no-brainer. Just take a flyer. Why? If they can never play it, the guy, like you're saying, I mean, he can't, because, he can't go more than 10 minutes a game. Because the game. other guys that you would potentially take at that point in the draft, you can't play at all because they suck. 
Whereas yeah. with Rob, you just have to minimize his minutes. And and it, again, taking him at 27, hell yeah. I, I think almost any team at that point in the draft with him on the board I, would have done the same thing. I remember he's, he's that. Worth, he's worth it. I remember that night. I could not believe he made it there. There was about. I was starting to look at his name like six or seven picks before. And, oh no! The, the karma. That's so true. You did this. It's your fault. Oh no! I misheard you. I love it. Again, though, um, zero games where the Celtics have had full health this year. It's just absurd. I, I don't. Yeah. That has to be the first time in franchise history that's ever happened if they end up going through and having a guy missing every single night no, of the 81. season. 1981 happened a couple of times. Really? Yeah. And 85, actually, yeah. <laughs> All right. I'll take no, your word. I have no idea. I have no idea. It was absolutely bullshitting. Those were good years. They probably never had games for players. Now, if that was Nick saying that, I would have believed it. He's probably right. exactly Nick probably scores. I think it was no, it was the yeah, it was the Bill Russell years. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> they had Russell, great medical. The greatest to ever do it. They had a great medical staff back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Nick Nick's Just, watching reel to reel of the uh, Russell era Celtics <laughs> at home. You know, micro micro film. He's looking at. The, <laughs> He's just winding his film. Yeah. <laughs> He's actually going to turn the projector. Yeah! 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 Yeah. So what, what, you know what I'll never forget about that? Why is there so much footage of back then, but the hundred point game they don't have one? That just never made any hmm. sense to me. They don't even have a clip from that game. The Wilt did one. it happen? It's Are you saying conspiracy. that maybe it didn't happen, Bob? Why well, I, I went to the place where it happened, and I'm just like, did this? No signs. No evidence. Yeah. No signs of, of Wilt. No sign of Wilt. No sign of life. What about the moon? <laughs> did that happen? I feel good about that one. Okay. All right. Interesting. Jurassic Bob. Um, yeah. So uh, we didn't talk about it a ton, but um, wow. just anybody worried at all about <laughs> Tuscalano? I've never heard that one before. The commenters are getting fed up with you, Jimmy. That's a shock. No, they're, they're tired of me. Um, the uh, Tatum. Um, Again? Pretty pretty weird to go three of seventeen consecutive games, right? That's a strange shooting. By line. weird, you mean bad? Yeah, really bad. Yeah, and weird. Yeah, especially when it's a top ten player in the NBA. You don't you don't want to well, see that one time. Never mind three. I I don't want to make anything out of it outside of just okay back to back shooting games. It's just so strange after the. It, it's so bizarre after the. Oh my God! Biggest stage, best game of the year by far. Forty-four points, friggin' killer, killer Tatum, to come back with this again. Because what's weird is sandwiched around that sixteen for twenty-five is a six for fourteen against the Lakers, where he scored fourteen points. Then back-to-back three of seventeens. Really weird, um, you know. Especially and again in and around a time where he's been. I mean. You know, a few games before that was a 53, a 32, a 28. Um, so the hot and cold is a little odd on the on the shots here uh, for him to be this, this ice cold. So I'll just ask the question again. Nothing to be concerned about, just enough, just an off night or something you saw, Sherrod, anything in, in, in the way he approached tonight? 
No, I'm I'm not concerned. I'm not at all. I'm just wondering. Yeah, if he's if he's getting the shots that he normally gets, and they're just not falling, then shit, they're just not falling. Because right. when you start looking at his just whole, his body of work, he's got a lot of games where he shot high fifty, low sixty percent from the field, and over time, that stuff's going to average out. So he was due to have a stretch where he'd have a couple of not so great nights. I love the fact that he's doing two things: one, he's getting to the boards, even though he's not making shots, and two, he's getting to the free throw line. He's had eight attempts each of the last three games. And if you look at his body of work this year, Jason Tatum has not had that stretch at all this season. He's never had three games where he's had at least eight free throws attempts. So he's at least figuring out a way to impact the game offensively, even though he's maybe not knocking down shots. So it seems like when he has these nights, though, he's going to keep shooting and he's going to try to push his way out of it. And there's been a handful of those where he never escaped. I don't think they happen as much as a Harden or a Westbrook. Like when they really start jacking it, it gets ridiculous, especially upwards of 24 to 35 times. So I'm fine with 17 to try to work your way out of it. But you do kind of have to reach a point at some night where you either do different things, as you said, and he ultimately did tonight, uh, or start to defer to some other guys, which I actually think he did a good job with tonight as well. So this one bothered me less than the Bulls one. The Bulls one, he – I think went too far in trying to work his way out of it and end up stagnating the offense a little bit. But overall, for him too, this has been a phenomenal month overall for him yeah. across the board when it comes to his overall production. And this the actually was one of his better yeah. defensive performances I've seen yeah. all year. So he I, made up for in other ways tonight, certainly. I thought he did a lot well. He just kind of kept trying to shoot his way out of trouble from long range instead of um, be a little bit more aggressive. But also it felt like they put Phoenix put – all their attention on him tonight. Um, so it was hard for him to maneuver. So I think he took that pull up three whenever he had it, but uh, they were sending a couple guys out at him. Um, so I just, I don't know that yeah. he could have been super aggressive getting to the basket. He had, he had, you know, he was getting blitzed a lot tonight. Yeah. yeah. It felt like they pretty much were like, take Tatum out of the game. That yep. was the game. That was make game Kemba plan. beat you. And he did, you know, yeah. or make someone else beat you. That, that, that clearly was their mentality. Like, and honestly, no it Brown. should be. Double Tatum and pray yeah. that, you know, Grant plays 40, you know? Yeah. And unfortunately, they didn't realize that Kemba was going to go off tonight, and he did. And that That's, was uh... And they were cold, too, on, on, on their own end. They were cold. So I didn't feel like there were tons of occasions where I was like, oh, my God, Tatum, you're, you're killing them right now. Like, there wasn't a ton of shots that no. were out of flow. There were a couple quick ones, but. They just didn't fall. They just didn't yeah. fall. And, you know, it happens, and, you know, you move on. Like, he's going to go for, you know, 40 in a couple in, in the Eight next couple weeks. Eight free throws, too. That's important. He's yeah, been doing sure that all month that, too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give a, a teeny bit, teeny bit, teeny bit of attention uh, to our boy Romeo. Um, and that was talking Romeo. All right. What else we got? Huh? <laughs> Romeo. That was talking Romeo. 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 Um, <laughs> what is there to say about? No, Romeo? for real. I mean, right now. Uh, uh, defensively i feel as good about him as i as i do almost anybody on the team he's just Solid. almost invisible on the offensive end again and it, and it's not and it's not as if they're like not looking for him to be involved it's just that he can't he's not making things happen when they, when they turn to him and it's you know i go back to the chicago game where he had that open three late in the game and then they were able to keep the possession alive and then he had the short you know like eight footer in the lane and he shot at six feet yeah those are the things that frustrate me about Romer. he has to get to the point where 
when you have open shots, more times than not, you make them. Your defense is going to keep give you opportunities to get on the floor, but in order to stay on the floor, you got to yeah. make open shots. He had another tonight where he had it on the left, uh, you know, kind of uh, uh, you know left side of the court, right. and he drove, and he was right. there. He was in the right. lane, but it looked like never in his thought process did he ever think when I start dribbling towards the basket, I might end up shooting. I might shooting, right? And then he got to the paint, and he could have easily gone up for a, a, a you know a, a real easy you know six eight footer or continued towards the basket if you wanted to and he just kind of kicked it out to somebody for a three um because again i just don't think he's thinking of himself as a person who's supposed to try and do stuff offensively uh i don't know if that's going to come or not but the defense is outstanding and there's no there's there's no question about it he he's going to stay on the court i the, the reason i keep bringing him up there's something about him right now that the guy who sees him play the most out of anybody uh, or the, the guy who's closest, you know, to, to, you know, the only person, you know, who can make a determination whether or not he deserves minutes clearly thinks he deserves minutes right now. Mm -hmm. That has to say something. It has to say it says to me that Brad thinks there might be more there than just a guy who plays defense and does nothing else. But we still haven't seen it. Right. But you know what? Yeah, but I mean, the, the the thinking behind that is your team has started to play better because your team has started to play better defense. So yeah. you need to do a job as a coach of getting the guys out there who are as close as you can have to being consistently good at that end of the floor. That's why Romeo's playing. I, Romeo I, could go out there and go oh for whatever, but if he continues to make an imprint defensively, Brad is going to keep rolling him out there. I think there's a sense, too, that you don't – or the Celtics, rather, don't want these guys doing too much. You saw with Semi in a spot start from him, him getting a little too exuberant on that end of the floor, trying to push some fast breaks, getting a little too aggressive on the ball. And I don't think they honestly want Langford running a ton of pick and roll. I know I saw out there that he had flashes in that aspect of the game a couple nights ago, and I saw a few here and there. But honestly, at this point in his career and this point in his recovery – you don't want him doing too much out there. I just wish, and this is what I've liked about Parker so far, just simple cuts. Just cut to the basket, and guys are going to find you. I don't think any of the Celtics young guys do that nearly enough. Langford's probably on the high end of that, but him, Grant, Semi, you're not going to have the ball in your hands a ton. You're never going to be in a spot on this team where you're a lead ball handler, lead creator. So you're going to have to find other ways to fit in if you want to ever survive on this team. And for Parker to come in in three games, be doing that at a high level, I mean, what has Parker done on the ball? Almost nothing. Everything's been cutting, finding right. open lanes, letting get, getting out in the fast break. So I look at Langford and Grant and Neesmith and all these guys, and it's just like you give them some leeway for being young and all that stuff, but at the same time, you have to get where your offense is going to come from or else you're just going to be a zero out there standing well, in the might, corner. But I was thinking about Sherrod had given a good comp, you know, uh, of Avery Bradley uh, as someone for Romeo, which I thought was pretty good. Another person I was thinking about just in terms of who he might grow up to be uh, that might be more apt is uh, Evan Turner. Um, yeah. And, and so that when, cause we were talking about it. Evan like, Turner though, he, he was like commanding on offense a little bit. Like he, but he, he was, but show up. He, but he was, but it took him a while. I mean, he was almost 
I mean, he was in bus territory a couple of years into the league because obviously he didn't live up to his college billing. And again, right. Romeo's a guy who had a super high pedigree, disappointing first year at Indiana, but as a guy who's supposed to score, uh, but the outside shot just never came. And I don't know whether it will or won't for Romeo. It doesn't look like he's got the best stroke. I think he can get it to be okay. But I, I think he's a guy who can get places with the basketball and should be able to get into the lane, make some of those small mid-range ones, get to the bucket. I think he can finish a lot better than Turner could around the bucket. But Turner just made all of his bones just kind of getting this little Turner open spots. A, Turner had a bag, though. Turner had Turner had moves. He could dribble. Nice he in could, between he, game. He, yeah. he did, yeah. but but he developed, like I said, is I, I'm not yeah, uh, comparing sure, them entirely. I think he this can is like This is like Jimmy's Aaron Gorin comparison. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, that was no, on point. This no, one actually kidding. makes sense. That, yeah, no, yeah, that was on point. Yeah. Uh, actually, Parker wears twenty. You should put a little put a little point in between that two, two and zero. Put Gordon on the back of it. And you got Gordon two point But let me say this about <laughs> about Romeo. You want to talk about bad starts to your career? That's about as bad, unlucky of a start to your NBA career as you can have as Romeo Langford. Hurt to start the year, came back mid year. You know, jumping into the middle of things, has no idea what his role is. COVID hits, they're off for like, you know, three months or whatever it is. Comes back in the bubble, obviously way out of sorts, doesn't play, no off season, And it's really just an extension of a, of a shitty rookie year for Romeo Langford is what this is. And his first year, his rookie year, he didn't have any sort of offensive flow to his game either. He never was taking, you know, big shots during the game. He, he had one game. I looked at his game. log. he had one game of double digit shots, which is amazing. I thought he had zero. He took 11 shots one game and a win over the Hawks. Uh, other than that though, I mean, this is like Bobby just said, he's the type of player that needs to just do his thing off the ball, get open in ways that he can move off the ball, cut, whatever it is. You're not getting plays drawn up for you. You don't want to be, nobody wants you to be the guy that's taking shots to begin with. And right now I think you just need to get, to the offseason. All these young guys in the Celtics just need to get to the offseason, get a full offseason in there, and actually become a part of the offense so that they're not in there strictly for defensive reasons, which is why Romeo's in there, John. I mean, you commend his defense, rightfully so. He's in there as a, as a defensive guy only. They're not asking yeah. him to score a and single I, yeah. point. And people are saying Evan couldn't defend. I'm not saying he could, and I'm not comparing the guys. I'm saying offensively, if you if he's going to arrive, he's going to arrive as a person who's doing a lot of his stuff in kind of those mid to intermediate, you know, uh, you know, areas of the basket. He's going to use his ability to get to the lane or get to the rim or get into the paint, and he's going to have to develop that kind of game because I don't think he's going to be stand. I don't think he's a three and D stand in the corner sort of guy. I don't think that's where he's going to make his impact if he does. Does offensively, I think he he has to be more aggressive. He has to look for it. He has to be a bit of a yeah, slasher, he which means no. he's got to recognize the moments where he's got a matchup or he's you know uh, he gets the ball on a swing and he's got a step and he's got to attack more aggressively. He's not doing that right now. No, yeah. he, I mean the, the big the, the I think the key to him unlocking that part of his game is just becoming a better ball handler. Uh, that's something I, I know in, in this upcoming offseason, it has to be priority number one for him. He already is physically strong enough to hold his own out there. Yeah. His ability to get from point A to point B handling the ball is going to open things up for himself. It's going to open things up for his teammates. And it's going to create more of an opportunity for him to play for Brad and actually play both ends of the floor as opposed to being really good defensively and a non-factor Casper the friendly ghost style on offense. Right. 
And it's again, yeah. it's a lot of minutes to be playing to be that much of a zero on offense. You played 30, was it 32 minutes tonight? Um, yeah, 32 high. minutes tonight, you know, uh, it's just, you know, to, to, to make that little of an impact, um, you know, and, and it's not just shooting zero assists. He's just not doing anything with the ball in his hands. Um, yeah. I, I, I just don't like his offense right now. And even if he does become a better ball handler, there's so many in front of him on this roster that it's like you, they need some guys who are capable of doing some things without the ball. Like Grant, you can look at Grant and say, oh, if they give him three to five post-ups a night, he'll be look much better. He's just not going to get that on this roster. Semi, they could put the ball in his hands more and send him downhill to the basket. But they just don't want to give Semi seven shots. Like, yeah. at, at some point, if you're coming into this league as a role player, you can't be contingent your success can't be contingent on like massive amounts of opportunity and this is Neesmith too like it kind of stinks that you're going to come into these games and have three shots decide your night but that's that's where you are on this roster and you know part of that comes back to the Celtics and finding guys who fit those spots on the roster better when it comes to draft picks and some of it is on these guys to you know Romeo Lankford I think is a guy who his whole life has had to make things happen on the ball been the best players on his teams and had massive amounts of opportunity. Now, I just, as long as he's in Boston, I don't think he's ever going to have that. Hmm. Um, all, right, what, all right, I'm going to, uh, oh, sorry, I'm going to tell everybody one more time here. We do have our locker room situation happening, uh, and we're going to be heading over there uh, very soon. So, again, uh, if you haven't downloaded the app already, please do come join us in the chat. Give me crap about Kemba, give me crap about Rob, you know, talk to Sherrod. Because he's he's famous and you should be taking advantage of this opportunity to to, yeah. to talk to him and ask him to come on your podcast and make friends with him. And if you're a student, maybe grade grub a little bit. It's almost grade time here. Um, That's a good right. point. Extra, hey, Sherrod, you should be offering uh, like some sort of extra credit if they if they prove that they've downloaded the app and they joined one of our shows. They screen grab it and they should get like maybe five points in their final. Exactly. Yeah. No, I'm gonna guarantee you <laughs> no. two two extra credit points if you're Sherrod's student. I'll put in a good word for you, yeah. And you send me proof of it. I'll I'll, mm. I'll work behind the scenes to get you those two points. Okay. I might no. actually, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll give my students that. If any might, of you guys yeah. out there, for now or future uh, students of mine, we're seeing the difference between Professor Sherrod and Professor John. I'm ready. John. I'm ready to sell it. <laughs> and I, I think. <laughs> Professor I think I'm John, sign up to be a teacher now that you guys are. I'll have to find a uh, a course somewhere to teach. And maybe Me I'll and Jimmy are going to become high school teachers. Oh <laughs> <we> gosh! Go? <laughs> now high schoolers are mean, dude. I, I don't think I could survive high school again. You couldn't, Jimmy. I guarantee. <laughs> I think we're ready for college, Jimmy. Yeah. No college, dude. Turn us away. These yeah, two guys. Are these asking. two guys are teaching college, dude. We can teach college. Anyone can teach college. <laughs> All right. I guess we'll have to give it a try. We'll start canvassing. You've seen some of these. You've seen some of the curriculum. People are asking here. Sherrod teaches at BU. I teach at Emerson. Okay, we're teaching. We're molding young minds in the journalism and communications fields. Okay, and I will be be teaching. Find that interesting. I will be teaching at Suffolk fall of 2022. So be be on the lookout for that. Oh uh, God, please say it ain't true. Yeah, I'll be teaching. No, I mean I'm gonna find out. I'm gonna make sure it happens. Yeah. So oh, extra boy. credit for everybody. To, I'm going to talk to I'll, Professor I'll Price. Sure, I know you, Professor Price. You, you know Price well. He's a Syracuse guy. And I will kibosh like that every. And I will kibosh that immediately. 
I'm going to have to talk to Professor Price, and I'm going to have to get myself a course over All right, so if we don't have it... Um, uh, New media. Someone put the link in the chat, please, and then pin it if you can. Um, and uh, and uh, people are asking me questions. What's my favorite band? You guys can ask me on Locker Room. I promise I will tell you. Um, but Ribbing yeah, stuff. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm going to guess. The Who. Wow. It's a boomer guess. I don't know. I just figured. It's a boomer guess. Um, <laughs> I thought you were gonna say something like the Beatles. Bruce Springsteen. I don't know. He's a good. He's a good one. Yeah, That's a good Bruce. one. I like Bruce. Anyway, oh, let's. Uh, yeah, room's let's... starting to fill up a little bit. People are getting in there already. Credit in locker room. Yeah. Okay, guys. So we're gonna head over real quick wow. before we do. Sherrod, any final thoughts on tonight before you and I head over? No, good win. Great Kimba action. Uh, they need to keep it going. Obviously, we won't see him tomorrow night, but. The more times you can get Kimba playing like this, the better the Celtics are going to be, the better Kimba's going to be, and a better chance they've got to actually go beyond the first round of the playoffs. Let's go. Oh, hi, guys. Oh, okay. You caught him. You, you caught him something. Got him. Got him. No, I had to, I had to adjust my – I, I almost, ran out of, uh, almost ran out of battery. Um, all right, so uh, Jimmy and Bobby are going to hang here a little bit. We're going to head over now. Damn. Um, what are you guys talking about? All right, guys, when I text when I text you, come on over. Guys, bring it, bring it. Okay, bring it, boys and girls. Bring it, boys. Later. All right, let's do this. All right, let's see. We are all in. If, if you have some questions for us, drop them in the chat right now. We're gonna go a few minutes before we head over to the locker room, and if questions don't get answered here, and you have the locker room app, we'll we'll do our we'll definitely do our best to answer them over there. So that being said, what do you got, Bob? What's going on? Uh, not a ton. I mean, like there, there is some sad news falling around tonight, but I don't think I'm going to mention it because I just don't know enough about it yet. Uh, so I'm going to. There's a lot of unless comments. you got anything to say about that one, then I just well, I just don't have much what, right now to talk about. It. You can mention what the what the rumors are if you want. Oh, did I lose Bobby? <laughs> I might be the only one in here now. Wow. Okay, so I think we – did I just lose you, dude? Are you I got back? you. Yep, I'm back. All right. All right, don't do that again, man. You just scared me. I was like uh, the kid at the cash register, like waiting for his mom went to go get something, and she's like – No, I'm, I'm always unprepared for that switchover. I got to jump on the board here, and then I get muted and this and that. So but like, it doesn't yeah, matter. My, my mom just went to get one last thing, and like the cashier's looking at me, and there's people in line behind me, and I'm like, "Yo, you gotta be ready." Like Joe, when that happens to Joe Sway, he embraces that moment. He just jumps into the. No, solo I seat. heard that he did not. He had no idea what he was <laughs> what he was doing in that in that moment. Uh, so <laughs> I, I no see idea. people saying it. Really, all I know is that Terrence Clark, a Boston high school basketball player who went on to Kentucky and was a prospect in this NBA draft, died in a car crash tonight. And the Celtics mentioned it. So I believe it's been confirmed at this point that he passed away tonight at probably uh, 19, 20 years old. So just an absolute tragedy 19. out in L.A. Uh, yeah, so prayers up to him. I know B.J. Boston was involved in some way, who was a teammate of LeBron James's son, who I watched quite a bit because he was always on high school basketball at the time. Uh, they were Jeez. putting those games on ESPN, of course, and he was seriously injured, according to these reports. Uh, so, again, best to him, best to the Clark family, as well as the people in Boston who knew him and were connected to him. It's just a horrible, horrible news. And 
really a lot of bad news in the country the last couple months and it's just tough to see this kind of stuff happening week in and week out but that's all i really get on it now i just don't know yeah. a ton about no, that's what happened. It. i mean it's strictly news from us i mean you know we're certainly not gonna comment on speculation i mean it's horrible that it happened or if it happened and i know that he had just declared for the nba draft you know one year in at kentucky yeah Woj confirmed he, it four minutes ago so yeah Clark so did die at so. 19. It's awful. I mean, it's, it's you can't even put it into words. It's way bigger than basketball. Just, you know, a young kid like that gone just like that with all the talent. I think he had just announced he was declaring for the draft. I think he, he just hired an, they just hired an agent. So I had you know, read, too, that he was a guy who would work out with Tatum and Brown over the last few years of his high school career since they were all in the Boston area. And he had been notable at the high school level already. Uh, so that just, played that's at just terrible. Academy. Yep. Played yeah. Brewster Academy and just awful. So. Uh, definitely yeah. thoughts thoughts are with the families and everybody involved in that right there. So, that's so we won't stick around here for too long. We'll take a couple questions. The only guy we didn't hit on tonight that I wanted to talk about with you some more is Jabari Parker, who continues to get minutes on this team. And you mean AG was... 2.0? No. Yeah. Oh, okay. Can, can you take that back now? Let's, uh, Absolutely not. I... I'll double down. I'm going to retweet my tweet when the time comes. I'm going to retweet it from, from, from when it actually happened. But I no, think I, mean, I still have the apology cam here, but I can't. No, it's find not it. happening. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, shows, so here's my thing about him. I said it during the show. I love that he's cutting and finding ways to get involved, and his teammates clearly t trust him already in that sense. He's been efficient because he's just shooting at the basket. But he looks slow. He can't get off the ground. There was one play where he tried to chase a guy down and couldn't even get up off the ground to try to block it from behind. And the verticality and athleticism in this game just seems to be all but gone. And I know our commenters have talked quite a bit about his weight. So, like, I just – I, I hope out to me. I hope there's some level of sustainability there because he does not look good physically, even though he's finding ways to chip in. Well, again, I, I think – and I've mentioned it a few times, but being in the situations that he was in, it would be very easy for any player to fall into a bit of a rut, you know, physically, mentally – um, you know, affect, affect your game. I mean, whether it's the injuries, whether it's the role, the team, the organization that you're on, just being relegated to a complete bench, non-playing role in Sacramento. I mean, that put 20 pounds on anybody. I don't care who you are. You know what I mean? You're out, you're out in California, you know, food's great, all that stuff. And you're not playing a second. You're in an organization that clearly doesn't really care much about you at all. Coach that doesn't believe in you. And now he's in an organization with the Celtics that I, I think we can all say that they, that they see something in him uh, enough where that they committed, you know, this, the rest of the season and next season to an extent, obviously it's a non-guaranteed deal, but if he wants to put in the work and show the, the, the growth and the improvement with his game and with his conditioning, those are things that, that to me are going to come at the end of the day. He's a professional athlete. He had all the hype in the world coming in the league, unfortunately towards ACL and had some other injuries and bad playing situations. And, now I think he's got kind of a second life here in the NBA. And I think that Nick's, Nick's got it. He can still dunk. He can still throw it down. He does have to drop a little bit a little bit of pounds. But if he gets on a workout program, kind of gets involved in the whole, you know, um, practice facility in Boston and maybe sticks around in the offseason, I think this guy could be, a, could be a nice little steal. I compared him to Evan Turner, like that type of signing, where it's a buy extremely low, turn your career around type signing. And I, I think that he has that capability.
Well, the Celtics were in an interesting position where they they couldn't reasonably add on another star who needs a right. bunch of ball time and starting minutes and that kind of, that's the kind of the stuff we talked about with Drummond. Like there just isn't the level of room and space here for him to operate because there's a ton of centers on the roster already. But when it came to wings on this roster, especially when Fournier went down with COVID protocol, there was so much room for improvement there. We've talked about, again, we, we talk about Romeo Neesmith, all this stuff every night, Jimmy, but it, it just comes every down night. to like two, two shots and like a couple plays on the defensive end. And there's so much room for so much more. And already in three games, Jabari has done more cutting, more finishing, and more activity on offense and all those other guys combined. And I know I'm a Grant fan on the defensive side of the floor, but I won't dispute at all. Parker fits so much better in this offense than Grant does. And that's without shooting any threes. I mean, Parker has basically said, I'm going to do everything from 12 feet and in, and it's working. I agree with you. It is working. And he's... and this is exactly what I think when you're uh, the difference is Parker's been in the league, you know, certainly hasn't played the way that he's wanted. Well, to. Well, doesn't that say something? <laughs> right. He's been in the league, he kind of knows, but he kind of knows he doesn't have the rookie, you know, wide eye feel or the young guy, you know, he's not really like looking up to guys or wondering or cowering to like, not cowering is not the right word, but sort of just like, Watching. He knows what he is. He knows what he is. He knows what he has to do. He knows what's going to get him on the court. And he's already accepting that role this season. And he probably understands that he can build He can build on that role going into next season. Because he is, like you said, a player that they don't have any cap room to sign these you know, big guys and you know, big contracts. They need to take a, a, a flyer on a, on a guy that's sort of a, buy, a legitimate buy-low candidate and see what they can turn him into. And I think that's exactly what they need. And they need guys who are going to be those role players, cutting guys and off-ball guys and, you know, find the open man type player. So uh, I think he does feel a need there. And I think he honestly might be an end-of-rotation guy in the playoffs. You start to think about the you know, nine, nine-man nine rotation, right, type, type of a number. Usually I go with nine in the playoffs. And you, when you start saying about that, you say, well, maybe Grant's out. You know, Neesmith's obviously out. Romeo might be out. Parker seems like a guy that might actually find himself in it more than more than some of these other guys that have been on the team all season. So that's where it's going to get tricky. I think if they're fully healthy, which that's what I'm saying, if they're fully healthy, I think if we can assume at this point, they're probably not going to be because they haven't (laughs) been all year long. So if they're fully healthy, I think it's those three wings, Fournier off the bench, a bench big, and you pretty much push everybody all the way. Uh, And, Pritchard probably plays a few minutes, too, behind right. uh, Kemba. Pritchard. But I don't think you'll see any Parker, Grant, Romeo, Neesmith, Semi. It would just Ideally. be like random matchup, like spot, like searching yeah. for something. Like something's not working, let's throw Parker in there or let's throw Grant in there. You know? Yeah. Now, if they lose Fournier for any reason or, you know, Smart goes down with a minor injury, then all of a sudden you're asking, are you leaning on Parker for extra minutes? Does Grant come into play? I think that becomes a much tougher decision in that sense because every minute you play those guys in the playoffs is going to matter a ton. And if you choose the wrong guy out of those four or five, that could swing a game in the wrong direction. And the bad thing about Parker is that he can do enough bad things on the defensive end where suddenly those couple buckets that he might be able to get on Grant end up not meaning as much because he got he committed a foul or he blew a cut action or just did some stuff on the defensive end that kills them so that's what worries me about this team even with adding him 
I still think they're in such bad shape if they have to re- rely on their bench too much in the playoffs. Right. Um, I want to say well, – I want to talk about one more thing before we go. Um, what the hell happened with the Tristan Thompson fight tonight? It wouldn't be the Garden I, Report if we didn't at least talk, mention this. Yeah. I don't think we have. Or, or speculate. <laughs> yeah, or speculate. So wh- I, I, I watched the – you know, I obviously saw it live at the end, but I, was, I didn't catch the replay, but I just watched it again now. He's really pissed. He, he, I mean, he, I wouldn't say he's pissed, but he's, he's, yelling, he's yelling at Craig, trash, trash, like you're, you're absolute trash pretty much. Which should I, should I try to pull up the video? I know I'm always great at this. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a disaster. But we can break it down frame it by Tristan frame. Tristan Thompson and Tory Craig, and I have no idea what it was about. I mean, it would have been great if it was Thompson and Booker, because then we could have assumed that there was some sort of Kardashian backstory there that we didn't know about. But all right, this is great. We have crystal clear video from Chris Grenham, old friend of the network, who is always right. so great with this. So I'm going to pull it up here. And we're gonna break it down frame by frame. Screen share. I don't know what your your tabs look like right now. All right, here we go. Hopefully, this is crystal clear and everyone can take it in. Yeah, we we can see it. Okay, he's circling them. They're John. Okay, it's skipping a bit. So Thompson trash. He's yelling trash. (laughs) So it is tough to tell, but Thompson's the one who definitely ramps it way up. Yeah, Craig said something to get under his skin. I don't know what it could have been, but Thompson took exception to it for sure. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if those guys did it. Did if something happened during the game that led to that or what? Yeah, I'm just trying to see what initiated it. Craig didn't play a ton. No, I don't know. Of course he didn't, because he's trash. I saw some. <laughs> I saw some people compare it to Marcus Morris, though, which is great because I thought one of the best thing about the. 2018 Celtics on their run to the East Finals is that Morris was always ready to get in a guy's face, scream on the LeBron dunk, do stuff like that to just get into the other team. And ultimately, if Rob's healthy, Tristan might be the guy who's able to take a technical there and risk possibly picking up a second later in the game. Now, if they only have him as the center, he'll probably have to be a little more careful with that stuff. But I do love having that kind of guy on the roster who's willing to just go at other guys. You need it. You don't want to be the team that gets punked. You want a guy that's gonna put put you know push his body around there, get in your face, get in your grill, and, and you know talk right back to you. And I, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I feel like since Thompson came back from his COVID thing, that he's like been a different type of player. Like the energy's been higher, uh, like the production's been great for the most part. I feel like he's giving it a lot more. I don't want to know. I don't want to say effort, but it does feel like he's giving it a lot more intensity um, than we saw the first. He looks half. better physically too. He looks and better he physically. Through... He looks. He looks more engaged out there, and he's like he's fired up. I mean, again, he's blocking shots and he's dunking. We didn't even think he was able to do those things. Right? <laughs> yeah, early in the year. I don't know if it was a little and... fun. In, maybe a little fun in the sun while he was away. I don't know what it was, but he came back. Well, he went through a conditioning program after he got activated from that COVID list. So maybe that week or so, they were just running wind sprints and <laughs> suicides and stuff just to get him up to max uh, max strength there. But this month, he's been awesome, particularly on that defensive side of the floor. And finally, I think I, by the end of this year, I'm going to be victorious on that take that he was the right guy to bring in here because if you look at Indiana, Miles Turner probably just went down for the season with a foot injury. Uh, so he went got off to a great start. 
but it's Thompson who's peaking at the right time here. And you're starting to see the things that I know you were a supporter of the signing too. We got so excited about this looks like the Cleveland version of Tristan Thompson. The only gripe I have is the finishing. He's going to finish some of those shots at the basket. Agree. Agree. But yeah, I'm, uh, if this, yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy with, with what he's given them. You know, we can go back and forth on if, if it was the right signing, but that ship has sailed, you know, it's like the Kemba, it's like Kemba's on your team. He's getting paid what he's paying, getting paid. You just want to see the production now. So that's what you're kind of getting from Thompson. I still obviously know that they need Rob because Thompson's not going to be enough to do it. You don't have Tice anymore. You're going to need all hands on deck, depending on who you're ending up matching up with in the playoffs. But it's good to see Thompson sort of rounding into form here as they come down, you know, that final stretch of regular season. That's This is when you want your guys to to start to look their best, is, you know, right right when you're heading into the playoffs. A lot of times it's, it's the hot, hottest team. You know, it's not always the best team. You want to be the... You want to be the team that's playing playing well together going into the playoffs. So if they can get healthy and get right, then you know maybe they can go on a little bit of a run. Yeah, and I, I don't know if they'll be able to have it, but they were doing some things with that Thompson-Grant bench combination there that I loved defensively when they were getting into the second units when they were a little more healthy. So Rob's obviously going to be the key to all of this. I do yeah. agree with some of these commenters who say if it's just Thompson come playoff time, that's not going to look nearly as great, especially over the course no. of 35, 40 minutes. He'll probably even start to foul a little too much. And Lord knows they have absolutely nothing behind him if Rob's out. So uh, that's it. We'll jump over the locker room. We're going to take a bunch of questions. We're going to try to entice people to go at John and help us uh, bully him. People are probably going at him as we speak, so I want to get over there. But I want to remind everybody watching that tomorrow, if you can't get on the the locker room app tonight, you're going to want to be on tomorrow. So download it now. Download it tomorrow during the day. We're going to go live right right after our garden report show tomorrow with a very special guest. Um, and the cool thing about locker room is you can, you know, request to speak and you'll be able to speak, speak to the special guests. You can even speak to Bobby if you for some reason want to, I don't know why you would, but you could, but our special guest will be on tomorrow with us. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's Friday night. We're going to be shooting the shit. Hopefully the Celtics will take the W. I don't know who's going to be playing in that game or if it even matters um, if they win, if no one's playing, but, um, you know, it's always fun when you get Kyrie, Kyrie against the Celtics. So that'll be a nice little added bonus. Kyrie masterclass. <laughs> Kyrie will not. I, I don't, I think it's safe to say it's not Kyrie joining us tomorrow after the game. Although he's certainly welcome to, if, if he wants to. Here's an interesting one. I wonder if our comments just misspell names on purpose. Like it's so bad. <laughs> it's not tackle. Come fun. No, I, I've made that mistake before. There is a K in tackle, but I will say this. And maybe he said it because I said, I said in the past. I've seen Taco fall on locker room. He's been on the locker room app before. Um, not with us, but that certainly not out of the uh, realm of possibilities. So these guys, these players, these athletes, and I'm sure you'll see eventually, you know, maybe celebrities will be hopping on. So we'll start to work on that. That's what I want. I want to talk to Taco and some of these guys that are on the team right now. And maybe if we get a guy like Grant, you guys will have to do it to his face. You know, <laughs> no more of this. We shall see. No what more is it, of this firing through the lips. What is it that you lips. do here? <laughs> All right, we're out of here. We'll talk wait. to you guys uh, I can't tomorrow. wait to line up John against one of those guys. <laughs> All right, yeah. we'll see you over on Locker Room. See ya.